1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and AM member FDSE. The Heal is Real podcast with Abby Eastwood and Debbie Mack.
0: Hello there and welcome to the Heal is Real podcast. I'm Debbie Mack. And I'm Abby Eastwood. And today we have a very lovely guest, don't we, Debbie? We do. She's my
2: breastie. Hello, Carly. I would never have thought to call us that. <laughs> Apparently, that's what we are. I learned that from Abby. When you make friends within the BII community, the breast implant illness community, you are breasties.
0: <laughs> that's what we called them all those years ago.
2: Yeah. Do you know in the 70s, I was reading about this the other day, in the 70s, women that had issues with the silicon, they called themselves the silicon sisters.
0: Well, there you go. You learn something new every day.
2: So I met Carly on the Breast Implant Illness Facebook page that obviously was started by the lovely Abby Eastwood here. You got my attention, Carly, with a poem that you wrote on the Facebook page that you're saying you're not going to read out, so you're, you're going to say I'm reading it out. Are you ready for this? Is everyone sitting comfortably? <clears throat> it's called Today, isn't it, Carly? Yes. So Today... I didn't wake up today, but not in the sense that I died. My eyes are half open, there's air in my lungs, but I just do not feel I'm alive. My mood's down and I'm tetchy, I can't bear touching my skin. I'm so full of rage, but also feel nothing. I don't understand it, this thing. You're right, I look fine, but my muscles all ache, my hips feel like crumbling, and my body's a state. I can't focus or think straight, my vision is blurred, I can't hold a conversation, I'm forgetting my words. I think of the times when I'm feeling great, then I sit here wishing, wishing, and I wait for this bout to pass, and I'm living again until I explant, when I pray this will end. (laughs) It's cringy. It's not cringy because I've got to say, Carly, on the day that I read that, I was uh, about to leave the house and I read it and I thought, oh my God, that is exactly how I'm feeling today. I love that. Yeah. So I befriended you. And here we are, breasties.
0: And here we are. <laughs> I think that poem literally encompasses everything about breast implant illness. It's amazing. Oh, thanks. Yeah,
1: it's just, it is cringy to hear it back. And that's why I didn't want to read it myself, Deb. But, um, <laughs> it is, it just kind of. I think at that when I wrote that, actually, like I'd sort of um, I'd had a really g- r- good run for a few weeks of like nothing, uh, and I was just like, oh okay, I'm uh, you know I'm feeling better. Maybe you know th- this was all in my mind or, or whatever. And then and then it all just sort of everything hit me all at once, and I thought, like, oh no, no, just lay dormant. It's just having a rest, and that was back. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the waves, as we've spoken about on uh, other episodes that can just come crashing over you, then they disappear and you think, oh, actually, I'm fine. Oh, no, hang on a second. Here comes another one. Should we go back to the start of your story then, Carly? Why did you do it in the first place?
1: Completely honestly, like I've always been, I've had body hang-ups. I've always been very insecure about my body, um, as I'm sure a lot of women have. Um, So i wanted implants ever since I can remember being like 16, 17, 17. even to the point of where I remember I used to, I've lived abroad a couple of times. And I remember living in Tenerife at the time and seeing something in a magazine called like the perfect sea or something because I hated myself that much. And my dad was just, he's sick of seeing me upset and he was just like, fine, I'll buy them if they're going to make, and I like, nothing works. So I was like, fine, well, that was a waste of money. <laughs> oh. So that's where it, that's where it sort of, <laughs> the links that I went to, to try and get boobs back then. Um. And then I moved to Australia in 2012 or 13. I can't remember. And I, it was my my thirtieth birthday was 2014, and I was like, right, for my thirtieth, um, I'm trying Botox for the first time. I'm going, you know, and I was make my mind up like I wanted implants. And it was just one of my friends, someone I was working with at the time actually, and she was just like, oh, I've had my boobs done. I, I didn't know they looked great. They looked perfectly natural. And he was the best the best surgeon in Sydney, supposedly. was He's not like, I won't mention any names, but he was uh, known as the, the boob man. So I went, had this consultation with him. I had my consultation on the, by the Friday I was in having surgery. So wow, I'd actually, uh, yeah. So what, it, it wasn't even supposed to be that quickly. So like, I've gone in, I actually went and got a loan as well to get them out. And I was working in sales at the time. So I'm like, oh yeah, fine. I'll be able to pay that off. No, paid it off within six months, like a $10,000 loan. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I wanted them that badly, I was like, I'll do anything to get them. But when we went, I went for the consult, we spoke about some sort of like, I can't think of the word it is now, but like what could happen, um, like the, the bad stuff that could happen. But all that was ever spoken about was capture contracture, um, which was basically non-existent for the implants that I had because they were like the, the gummy bear ones, the gel ones. So I was like, okay, brilliant. It was like, oh, you can get some bruises and some swellings, some like sensation loss and uh, that was pretty much it basically i even specifically remember asking them you know is there any chance of like rupturing because I'd, I'd known someone that had, had rupture already um, and they specifically said to me you'll never need to get these ones replaced because they will outlive you wow so that sold it to me i was like right done done deal i'm in what year was that carly 2014 july 2014 i got them- I remember I was sat in the in the office with the... I'd just seen the surgeon. I was sat in the office with his... I don't know if she's a receptionist or what. I don't know what she was. Like, his PA, maybe. And she was looking through, like, when when surgery was. She was like, oh, actually, we've just had a cancellation for Friday. <laughs> I thought all my Christmas had come at once. So I was like, yeah, brilliant. I'll take it. I hadn't even checked I could get the time off work. I was going regardless. <laughs> <laughs> and then they gave me this waiver form to sign because apparently they're supposed to give you like a two-week period between your first consultation and your surgery so that you can think about things and, and whatever but I, I was sat there and in the office and I signed this waiver to say like I, I didn't want the time to wait and like there'd be no comeback on it which thinking back about it now is absolutely insane mm that they would even offer that option and that would be allowed to do it. I mean, it's crazy that I did it as well. Like I just willingly signed it. But, you know, hindsight's brilliant, isn't it?
2: (laughs) Isn't it just? And
1: then, yeah, on the Friday I was in having surgery. That's pretty much it. That's when I was just like, yeah, best decision ever.
0: I mean, what's really interesting is the fact that, you know, they could see... The desperation, I don't mean, but the desperation in people like you and me who have walked in and gone, we have done everything we can to have some boobage. And, you know, I was exactly the same as you, completely like, I just want these done. I I mean, I didn't even ask if there were any detrimental effects or if I was going to get sick. As far as I was concerned, you know, silicon was inert. You can see us coming a mile away and they must just prey on people like us it's mad now because obviously I mean
1: what that, that was eight years ago for me And um, a lot changes in eight years I was like 30 at the time which of course back then you're like oh yeah I'm a grown up I really wasn't a grown up at 30 I'm still, I'm still quite sure I'm there now to be <laughs> honest with you but you just think the mindset that you were in then to, to where you are now mm. I just I wouldn't even do half the things now that I did back then you, your mind just works completely differently doesn't it so when did you start noticing like the first symptoms come in well I was thinking about this just recently actually because I, I they were much earlier than what I'd initially realized so we're thinking back to the timeline now but the first sort of symptoms I got was uh, they were all to do with my stomach all of my uh, digestive issues um, I was diagnosed with a, a lazy bowel whatever the hell that is and it, it kind of presents some, like IBS symptoms so like, I know it's gonna be very graphic but sorry like it is what it is it would like one day I I, like I wouldn't be able to go to the toilet for a couple of weeks uh and then then get the flip side of it you're like shit gotta go right now Mm um i constantly bloated like I'm I'm a very very tiny human being I'm like four foot ten and um I'm very petite and I looked like I was pregnant a lot of the time because I would just be so bloated constantly um and I wouldn't even have to like I'd literally get out of bed in the morning, I'd maybe have a bowl of cereal and that's it, done for the day. And it's just so uncomfortable. So that's the first sort of thing that I started noticing. And I would say that was, when did I move back from Australia? Um, 2017 I moved back. It would have been just the year before then I started to get stomach problems.
0: Do you
2: think that when you started getting those stomach problems, you you there was any part of you that thought this is tit related?
1: Oh, absolutely not. I didn't put any of these together, any of this together until someone mentioned BII to me about three years ago. And even then, like I I, I said to you, I don't, I don't know if we were recording at the time or if it was before, but I said to you, like I, I had a consultation booked um, and I cancelled it because I was like, no, it can't, this isn't related to boobs. It can't be. And then of course <laughs> I swiftly made another appointment because then I realised actually, no, I am very ill still. So, um, so no, it didn't even cross my mind at that point. I, I, Actually, what I was going to say then is that so I in 2018 I started competing in bikini um, competitions. And so obviously, you have to follow a very strict diet. Um, it's very high protein, a lot of veg and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but then I'm cutting out all of like refined sugar and everything like that. I put it down to my stomach issues being like a, a huge change in diet. It actually wasn't because like that continued for a long time. I then I had like investigations into my stomach and, and all that sort of stuff. And everything just came back normal. Um, and even up until I'm fine. My stomach's fine now, by the way, but probably up until about six months ago, maybe, because I started taking probiotics just before Rexplan, pro and prebiotics, and they really helped, by the way. But just before that, I I just sort of, I don't know, I just, i never, I would never have made the connection, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And that, that was the first, the first sort of symptom for me. And then from there, it just, everything just sort of kind of snowballed. And it's really, it's hard to say It's hard to say. I guess, actually, sorry, I know I'm rambling a bit. I guess, actually, because, like, 70% of your immune system is in your stomach, it makes sense that that's where it would start, Mm. basically. Um, And I think from then on, I started to get, like, chest infections and viral infections. And they were quite few and far between, sort of, like, I don't know, every few months or so. Um, And then it was joint pain. And then uh, I started to get chronic sinus infections. And then, I mean, coming up towards the end of it, I started to get say viral infections like i had cold sores and um shingles i was getting them on my face all the time but honestly there's just so many things that i could rule off to you with the list and then then you start to get all of the the brain fog and the fatigue and it's not just like oh, i'm a
0: little bit tired it's like i physically cannot move i need to go to sleep right now it's horrific that actually i think that's probably one of the most debilitating systems systems symptoms is is that where you just Physically cannot function during the day, and you wake up in the morning and you're like, I've had no, I have slept, but I haven't, maybe not slept that well because I, 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 I feel awful. And you know, by the time it gets to sort of 11, 12 o'clock during the day, I found I was just eating. I mean, I was eating two battenbergs a day at one point because I was <laughs> literally craving sugar so badly. I can't eat a battenberg now to save my life. I find them way too sweet. So, um. Yeah, it's, it's, it has this knock-on effect as we get further and further down the line with the symptoms because we're desperately trying to keep ourselves going to function normally and we, it, we're just not.
2: We befriended each other probably about two, two months, two and a half months before we explanted, would you say? And we were um, contacting each other on a daily basis, just basically updating each other on how we were feeling. And we were literally going through waves of it. You'd be all right one day. I'd be rubbish. We'd both be rubbish together. And oh it, it, yeah, it's it was really rubbish. But it was interesting to have somebody else going. Well, it wasn't interesting. It was great to have somebody else that was going through the same thing as you that you could discuss it with. But obviously for you, Kylie You'd been going through it for years and years And I'd only been going through it for a a few months
1: The thing is Is that you only had your implants in for like six months, was it? Something like that Yeah. And you started to get those symptoms But I I don't think I mean, for you to be feeling the way that you were feeling after six months Like, I I can't even imagine Because it took a few years for my symptoms to start setting in But then towards the end That's when they sort of just I mean, I've I've been ill for the last three years And when I say I've been ill, I mean like I've not been able to get out of bed. I've not been able to do my work properly. Just driving home to Essex, which is an hour and fifteen minutes away from here, to see my mum, I'd have to take a nap before I could drive back again. So you've got all of the physical side of it, but then on the flip side of it, I think what was even worse for me than the physical stuff was the mental side of it because I'm so my mood swings were all over the place. Like you couldn't say anything to me without me snapping at you, and I was I was horrible. I was a disgusting human being because I was just. I was just so, I I don't know, I just felt so, like, useless because I couldn't do any of the things that I used to be able to do. Like, I've gone from competing and working out five, six days a week to not
0: even be able to walk my dog in the morning. (laughs) Like Mm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, 100%. What you find when you're so ill is that you don't have the patience with anything or anyone. And that's why we become these horrific human beings and snap and shout and, you know just no patience with anything at all because I can just about cope walking to the toilet let alone dealing with anything else
2: <laughs> Well this is what I said during my story as well my husband said yeah you were quite hard to live with during that time and I'm a I'm I'm quite a laid back person apart from you know 3 days a month when I'm a manic bitch um but ordinarily I'm a laid back person but this whole time I was I was tired. I was grumpy. I was crying. I was just, I can imagine I was a nightmare to live with. An absolute nightmare. And also, I was going to say then, it's interesting what you said about, um, obviously, my symptoms and my deterioration happening a lot quicker than it does for other people. And then you saying Mm -hmm. that it started in the gut. I already had IBS before all of this. I've always had issues with that. I do wonder whether there's a link with that. You know, the fact that I already my, had issues
0: there. Yeah, you already it's had a weakened immune system.
1: Yeah, well, that's it's funny. It's good you used to say that because I, I said about having the shingles and the cold sore. So like, I was actually born with shingles on my cheek, um, and I get it like once a year when I'm really really run down. And I, I get, I always get cold sores on my nose. Like again, that's like a once a year thing, maybe. But I was um, getting them like every every other week and I'm constantly taking viral meds for them and then when that would uh, sort of go down it would then go I'd get a chest infection so for me I've always had like the, <laughs> it was the herpes virus isn't it so I've always had that like on my face um and my chest is always the first thing to go whenever I get a cold or something like that but go- going from having like the you know your normal annual cold or your normal like annual my normal annual um, shingles thing when I get run down to having it every mm. few weeks um, you can just see how much it's affected and everything. I was so ill that I got tested. My doctors forced me to be tested for HIV twice. And I'm like, no, but I've, I've done it myself. I, I went, I've been to a clinic because that crossed my mind as well. Because I was like, nobody can figure out what's wrong with me, but I haven't been tested for HIV. In my, in my heart, I knew it wasn't that, but I was like, I have to rule it out. Yeah. But And then so I, I, my doctor said to me, can, can I ask? And I was like, yeah. And then he's like, well, can we test you for it? I was like, I've literally just been tested for it myself. Yeah, but can, can we do it? Okay, fine. And then again, they did it like a few months later just to make sure. Wow.
0: I mean, that just goes to show yet again that misdiagnosis, doesn't it, of thinking that it's something else that the doctor's not putting two and two together of actually, do you know what? Have you got breast implants? Because maybe your body is just breaking down slowly.
1: Well, I said it to them and um, they were like, well, I've never heard of it. But then when I said to them, well, look, this is the theory behind it, I had two separate GPs go, well, actually, yeah, like that does make sense because that can happen with like a hip replacement or something. So there's no reason why it couldn't happen with your breast implants. But it's not medically, like a medically recognized thing, as you know. So they won't, they won't look into it.
0: You've got to go and do it yourself. Absolutely. You have to be your own doctor, which is what we always kept saying, you know. And I think from now, you'll find that whatever happens to you for the rest of your life, you will always now be your own doctor. You will always look (laughs) into it. It's bizarre how you have, you know, we were... Born to completely believe in consultants and and doctors, you know, it's kind of ingrained in us that they are, you know, godlike and that they... They've got it all sewn up. And they know everything. Yet now I have discovered along my journey that... That's sometimes a little bit untrue. (laughs) What one consultant (laughs) says, actually another consultant may say something completely different. So now I always have at least two or three consultations with different consultants to make sure that what is right is right. It's funny that you say that, that what one consultant says is completely different to another
1: one. So obviously a big topic of debate in the groups on Facebook and whatever else is about whether the capsule should remain or be taken out. And you get some surgeons that are like, well, I can take it out, but if I leave it in, it won't matter because the body will absorb it. But then you'll get another surgeon go, well, actually that's not true because I've gone in to do surgery on someone years later and the original capsule's still there. So like, what are we? We're looking to these experts
0: for advice. Like what are we to believe? I think the trouble with that though is that they haven't done this. They haven't done the science. They haven't done the research they will start to see this now over the next 10 15 years and the answers will come in but it isn't going to be yeah. it isn't going to be immediate which is you know a shame for the women that are struggling with it now and need the answers now um and it's something they should have known before they said that you could put these inside you um but like all medical devices you are going to have a capsule around anything yeah, and so you know, some surgeons will have seen it, and some surgeons will have seen something different. Uh, for me, I wanted the capsule out. I, I, I'd had mine in too long, and it was a no-brainer for me. I didn't want to have anything left because if I had any symptoms, I'll always then think it's the capsule. So, for me, it was it was what I needed to do for my mental health, um, mm-hmm. not just my overall health as well.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I'm I'm the same as that. I mean. Um, it was slightly different for me in terms of um, having capture out anyway because of the type of implants I've got. They're the ones that are uh, linked to um, ALCL. So that was when I found out that they were linked to that, I was that, that was it. That was my decision finally made for me anyway. I was like, right, they're, they're coming out regardless. And then what kind of made it a little bit easier for me to sort of deal with the um, mental aspect of that of dealing with well you know i've got fabulous boobs and now i'm gonna have nothing is that i was like okay so this is my choice i'm allowed to make this choice now i get to choose my surgeon i get to do this on my own terms rather than you know developing alco and, and being forced to have them out um and you know i might you might not recover from the lymphoma you just might not so by taking that that out myself and taking out the capsule because um I know this is a different topic, but with the ALCL, that's where it forms is inside the capsule. For me, it was a no-brainer. I was like, well, "It has to come out, r- regardless." But something else that a lot of people don't understand is that when the capsule forms around it, is that it doesn't. It's not necessarily easy to get all of it out, or sometimes you can't get all of it out. So I was very aware going into the surgery that it, it could be fused to your rib cage. Something my surgeon said is apparently if you're if you're quite small or quite thin, then there's a good chance it is going to be stuck to the rib cage and you're not going to be able to get it all out. I was lucky. He did get all of mine out. It was quite painful on the left side. I'm not going to lie. My whole boob came up in a nice green bruise where it was all like stuck to the rib. Um, but when it's scraped from the rib, you then risk puncturing a lung. So like, we get these boobs going in and then coming out of it, it's just so much harder to remove them. We just don't realise it.
2: And also they don't tell you that they need to make the, if you're having the whole capsule out, they need to make the scar longer as well. So yeah, they don't tell you that when they, they put them in. Uh, we are going to be discussing ALCL in another episode of this, by the way. Should we talk about, them? Um, so you've had the explant now. How have you been from that surgery up until now, the healing, how has it been for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely brilliant. So I, um, I didn't have much swelling after, I didn't have any swelling on my boobs at all after the surgery. All of my swelling was around the sides. Um, And I mean, I know that you you were different. You didn't have to wear um, the bandages or anything afterwards, did you? But my surgeon was like, no, no, you have to wear a compression bar or or whatever it was. And I cannot tell you how uncomfortable I was. I didn't sleep for the first five days out of surgery because if it wasn't digging into the sides, it was digging into my chest. And then it was causing me to have indigestion and I just couldn't sleep. I was bloody miserable. I think... I, oh, the first time I had a shower and I, like after surgery, I've still got my, um, uh, the plasters or the bandages on and I'm sat in front of the mirror. My mum's here looking after me, bless her, she took two weeks off of work because like wow. there's no way I could deal with rock up on my own. Um, and I think a, a lot of people, a lot of my friends and my mum, they were really worried about the mental aspect of me as well. They were just like, I thought you were going to have a break. And I was like, yeah, me too. Wow. Um, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Although I did really really cry like I was inconsolable probably about three or four days afterwards after I'd had the shower because I'd looked at myself in the mirror and my boobs well they weren't there for a start they were non-existent my nipples were like face into the floor they were massive because obviously they'd been stretched out <laughs> and i had like these these bloody bandages and I was and and then because I was bloated from the anesthetic as well I looked like I was six months pregnant and I I just I bawled and I just was like what have I done to myself and then my mum was just like well yeah you know you've uh you you've you mutilated yourself didn't you I was like not helpful mum yeah (laughs) she didn't she genuinely didn't mean it like that but she's just like (laughs) you know you've realized that you didn't need to do this to yourself because that for me that was it was guilt initially i was just like i've done this to myself i've caused all of these i mean i hadn't it was the implants So had i not have made that choice to get them i wouldn't be in this position now i wouldn't have wasted sixteen thousand pounds on getting them in and out all of these years of ill health um so the guilt was a huge thing for me but then get past that like a week two weeks later um my left boob is still a little bit sore that it's the nipple more than anything but i have got sensation in both of my nipples again which i didn't have with implants so that's great in terms of my symptoms i was i've had sinus surgery the year before i had my explant because i'd have chronic sinus issues i was having to take antihistamines every day beforehand i've taken one antihistamine since surgery I haven't had any of the problems. I can drink wine again. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I couldn't drink it before because I'd, I'd have like one glass of wine, wake up in the morning and I would feel so, so hungover. I, like it would put me out of action for like a half a day or a day.
2: That's crazy because my friend who has breast implants, and we'll probably listen to this at some point, say hello, the same thing happens to her with wine. She, all her she, She's saying she's allergic to alcohol, um,
0: which probably isn't the case. It's insane, actually, how many times that your body um, just decides when you've got your implants in, actually... You know, I don't want you to have that anymore. So I couldn't have caffeine or a cup of tea or any Coca-Cola. I couldn't have um, chocolate. I couldn't. Have, and this, these things were just <gasps> sort of all the. Yeah, I couldn't. I didn't eat chocolate for two years. I think it was two oh, or three years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. On the run up to x I remember the first time I tried it after X-Plant. like, am I going to feel ill? And I had some and I, <laughs> I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And then it was just literally like face. Into the chocolate and inhale.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because when people are thinking about getting breast implants, if they were told, "Listen, it could be a choice between breast implants or chocolate or wine," they might rethink things. <laughs>
1: no, I, I would have been, like, "Hell no! I can't live without my coffee or my chocolate or my wine." But yeah, overall, like every everything is, is going in the right direction, and I'm happy to say that I love my tiny little boobs now. So they're um, they've actually fluffed out a little bit as well. Like I haven't been measured for a proper bra size. I don't intend to do that for a few months yet anyway because quite, i don't like bras anyway they're bloody uncomfortable so i'm with your girlfriend the the sports bra thingies because they're they're really comfy but yeah like everything else is uh it's going in the right direction i haven't had any stomach issues i haven't i had I, i did get my first cold um after explant a couple of weeks ago but my symptoms lasted for like four or five days i'm like oh my god is this what it's like to be ill that's Normally, a normal
2: this is what we said. Because I spoke to Carly when she was feeling ill and I felt a bit, I'd caught a cold off of my son as well. And, uh, and Carly said, "Oh, I said to my mum this morning,
0: do you know what? It's just really nice to be normal ill. And I said, yes, I
2: said exactly the same
0: thing. What about your joint pain and your brain fog and your fatigue? How's that coming along?
1: I honestly, I've I've still got a little bit of joint pain. Um, I'm kind of how I would how I kind of think this is in my mind is I think it's my body putting itself back together. Yeah. So like I've had severe pain going running from uh, into my skull, going down my right shoulder blade, um, and down my back for I don't know three, four, five years maybe. I had physio and all sorts for it, and that's just been a constant. That's like practically not there anymore. It was there for a couple of days last week, maybe it moved sides I'm like well that's weird mm-hmm. so now I'm like maybe it's just my body's just like realigning or something I don't know Yeah. Um, I'm getting a tiny little bit of joint pain in my my right knee and my left arm like my left wrist but otherwise I, I don't have it like the thing the thing for me is that when I, how I knew I was getting ill every other week is my hips would they would ache right. just so bad and my teeth would hurt my hips would ache and my teeth would hurt mm. And then like the next day I'd be down for like a a week with a viral infection. That hasn't happened at all. I haven't had one single bout of brain fog and I cannot tell you how refreshing that is because I'll just be sitting here working at my desk and then all of a sudden it would just descend like a cloud and it's like I could feel my whole demeanor change. And it's like I'd be reading an email and I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. I've been doing my job for four and a half years and I would sit here and be like, I don't know what I've got to do with this. Mm. And I couldn't talk to anybody and I couldn't articulate what I was feeling. I was just like, like a zombie. It was horrible, but I haven't had that at all. So I'm so, so happy. And the fatigue, I've got so much energy. I can't even tell it's you. It's great, isn't it? Last week, I I actually um, laid my bathroom floor last week. Never done one before in my <laughs> life. I did a bloody good job day. But so I did that and then did like, the edging around it. And then I've just, I've just got so much energy. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. It's crazy.
1: So how long is it since you've
0: explanted, just so that our listeners know?
1: Um, So I explanted on the 16th of
0: August, which I think would have been, it was either seven or eight weeks yesterday. Amazing. I mean, if you look at that, I mean, just all of those symptoms have already dissipated within eight weeks. It just goes to show that it was your boobs all along. Because I don't know about you. We were talking about um, this yesterday, weren't we, Debbie, how... Just before you get your explant, you do have like two little people sort of sat on your shoulder. One saying, yes, you've got to do it to heal. And the other one going, but what happens if you don't heal? Maybe it isn't the boobs. And it's so hard, isn't it, just to make that decision to do it. But such a relief after you've done it and realised that actually it was the right decision.
1: Definitely. And I've I've got a couple of people, a couple of friends that um, have contacted me recently to ask about it. And like, they're like, oh, yeah, I think it's to do with BII. Some of the girls that I competed with in the competitions, of course, we're not very close friends, but they're we keep in touch. And they're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm 100% sure it's related to my boobs. And it's all the same symptoms. And you just got to think, is it a coincidence? It can't be a coincidence for us all to be having same symptoms and especially if like now because I feel so great and of course you're going to get ill you're going to get a few bits and pieces but like we've said it's normal ill it's not debilitating I I don't feel like I'm alive ill like I mean it just impacts your life so much like being able you you know you can't go on holidays when you want to go you never know you can't make plans in advance because you don't know if you're gonna be well enough on the day so yeah like if anyone is considering doing it and they're like oh what if it isn't
2: but how what if it is What if you get the chance to feel normal again? Do you not want to get that chance? This is what I always think, the amount of women that are living their lives and and like for you two as well, it was only a few months for me, living their lives for years and years, feeling so unwell and just not making that link. And that's why we want to do this podcast so that hopefully we can help some women out. They can get the bloody bags taken out of them and then they can feel this energy and they can feel this good again. They can live again.
0: Yeah, you know, the one thing that we actually haven't touched on, and if we just go back, was when did you have that light bulb moment? Because I always think that that's such an important part of the journey. At what point did you think, oh, my God, no, I think it is my boobs?
1: So um, I, it was about, I'd say, three years ago when somebody first mentioned to me about BII. And I was just like, okay, I looked into it a bit and then I was just like, you know, I don't, I don't think it's that. Um, It's got to be something. I just didn't want to believe it was that (laughs) because, you know, I loved my boobs. I couldn't imagine not having them. But then I started to get sick, sicker and sicker all the time. And then there was just no explanation for it. And I think what did it for me was um, when the doctors were just like, so they gave me a very vague diagnosis after years of trying, they gave me a very vague diagnosis of chronic fatigue, syndrome and I was like very common for BII
2: sufferers yeah
1: yeah I was like no I refuse to believe that I was like I'm you know I'm just not getting better I'm getting worse all the time um and then when because I just kept pushing for it I've been referred to an immunologist and then as I say they got the um uh, the, the, the HIV tests, it was then when they were just like, well, we can't figure out what's wrong with you. And then when they came back normal again, I was like, there has to be the boobs. Like, I've literally, there is nothing else it could be. <laughs> and, and then I just thought, well, you know what? I mean, because I had the ALCL risk as well, I was like, it's, it's a no brainer for me. I was like, I'll get them out because they have to come out regardless. And then I thought to myself, you know what? If in a year or two years time, if I've had no improvement in my symptoms, then sod it, I'll get implants done again, because I know it's nothing to do with that. And then at least I'll have good boobs, even if I feel crap. But I've no doubt in my mind
2: that it's my boobs. And I'm gutted that I even got them done in the first place because I love how I look without them. This is the thing and this is what I love as well because it, isn't it strange because I feel the same as you and, and my journey was so short because this time last year I, I didn't have boobs and then I just had boobs for six months but I just feel so <laughs> different. And I text you the other day saying, oh, I just keep cupping my little boobs because it's just <laughs> nice because <laughs> yeah. it's all me. I'm not doing it in public but, you know, and I'm not wearing <laughs> gel bras or anything like that anymore. I'm like, I don't care. I'm embracing the it- Itty, itty bitty titty club as it's called <laughs> all for it i'm all for it oh thank you so much for coming on and telling your story carly that's
1: okay thanks for having me and you know i'm i'm really excited to to be a part of this and i'm really excited to hear everybody else's journeys and stories as well and um i hope that anybody listening deciding whether or not to you know explant whether it's the right decision for them just please please just take take the risk if you like to get your
2: life back. The Heal is Real podcast.
0: Thanks again to Carly for joining us on this week's episode of The Heal is Real. Just before we go though we've been asking you to send us on our Instagram your stories of misdiagnosis and Lorraine got in contact with us and said I was misdiagnosed definitely. I was told when I was suffering so badly with neck and back pain, including severe headaches, I was making it all up and it was in my head. Told I should go and see a psychiatrist and they fobbed me off with antidepressants. I was so upset as I knew that he didn't know what was wrong with me. I mean, why would I go to a specialist if I was making it all up? Exactly, Lorraine. And, and I know you're not the only person to have gone through that. And I'm sure that there are many more ladies out there going through exactly the same problems. So if you want to share your stories with us, just pop over to our Instagram page at The Heal Israel podcast and drop us a message.
2: Next week, we'll be joined by my ex-plant surgeon, Professor Jed Byrne. And here's a quick taster of what's to come.
1: Uh, and of course, the other thing is um, there is a negative incentive to do this research
2: from a commercial perspective and and that um, is always a problem
0: thanks for listening to the heel is real don't forget to leave us a review on your podcast app and share with anyone you feel could benefit from listening to the heel is real podcast we'll see you soon